0: for tuning in today to the first episode of the Hidden Mana Podcast. My name is Ben Grimm. Sitting across from me is Hal Jordan. And our goal over the next series of podcasts is to really give you the knowledge and the information to redefine and to really rediscover what your faith is all about. If you need to contact us, our email is hiddenmanapodcast.com. At gmail.com and we just want you to sit back listen and really question what it is that you believe in and hopefully today you can find a new meaning for what it is that you have so here we go let's kick it off first verse is 2 corinthians 12 1 through 2 and it comes out of the common english bible and it says it is necessary to brag not that it does any good I'll move on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven 14 years ago. I don't know whether it was in the body or out of the body. God knows. I know that this man was caught up into paradise and that he heard unspeakable words that were things no one is allowed to repeat. I don't know whether it was in the body or apart from the body. God knows. So, sorry. Sorry let's just dive in and why did
1: we start off with this verse Hal? Um, Well that also included verse 4 in 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 and um, the reason that we use this verse is because this is one where Paul really alludes to the fact that he knew some things that we were not allowed to know about or that the Uh, recipients of his letters were allowed to know specifically about and uh, he heard these things he saw these things in his vision but he didn't actually get permission from God to explain them in great detail but we believe that he did allude to them in a lot of different passages which we will talk about today. So
0: a lot of times you know to where We talk about putting the cookies on the bottom shelf. And it's kind of like with Paul, it's like, hey, I don't really know what this means. But I'm going to put them in the marinade pot and just let them sit over here. And then they come back to it. So now it's our chance to come back to it and kind of see what he's really getting into, huh?
1: Yeah, it's um, something that he has uh, a lot of depth that he doesn't go into really in any of his passages, he just does it here and there. And that's uh, where we got to connect the dots, so to speak. And I like that analogy that we're connecting dots or bringing these different passages that we're going to talk about today and in the future and literally connect those dots and help people to understand how they really do form a matrix of prophecy and symbolism and... They are there to teach us things, and we are not supposed to just ignore these things because they're mysterious. We're supposed to think about them. So
0: Paul has all these dangling carrots hanging out throughout the Bible, and it's up to us to nibble on them and bite them and just to see what we can really flush out from them, huh?
1: Yeah, and the thing that uh, the listener might pick up on is a lot of these passages are basically ignored by their pastors and their teachers because they are so weird, and that is something that if they're weird, you're supposed to think about them, Uh, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to really point out some of these passages that you may have read uh, and wondered about, and we're going to make an explanation and tie them all together
0: because Acts is a very loved book by many pastors and Christians to where it's a great New Testament book that really has a lot of knowledge and information for the Christian and the believer. But, you know, this might be one of those uh, chapters that a reader will kind of read through and just be like, oh, that was a cool story, but not really catch the importance of the symbolism,
1: right? Exactly. There's several things in this passage coming up that uh, we will point out after you read it. So it's Acts
0: 16, 16 through 18, and this is the New King James Version. And like we were saying, there's so much in here to where I just, I'm giddy with excitement like a little schoolboy. So now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, churned out and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her.
1: And he came out of her that very hour. So in this passage, we have a couple of uh, really cool symbols. One is which that the spirit of divination, literally in the Greek, is called a python spirit. And a python, as everybody knows, is a snake. So here we have the symbol of a snake, which we will touch on over and over again in this study. So this is a snake spirit, python spirit, a spirit of divination. Uh, by which this girl was able to tell the future, or at least they thought she was telling the future. Uh, They were probably just lies, actually. And one of the things that the Spirit said to the crowd that was gathered around Paul was that, these men are the servants of the Most High God. So this evil spirit was admitting this. And then he said, the spirit who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. So the spirit is including himself in this, in this proclamation of the way of salvation. He's saying, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, this is the New King James Version. And the New King James Version follows after a certain manuscript. There's two ancient manuscripts that most translations are based on. And the New King James and the King James and others base base it on one. And in that translation, the word us is the word us. But in the other translation, the word us is you. And so it would say, who proclaimed to you the way of salvation. But here the New King James says us, which would include the spirits. So uh, we use this one to make a point because this is a totally legitimate interpretation. This is not something that we're making up. This is the New King James Version which follows after the original King James Version.
0: So it's one of the things that we use when we interpret Scripture is um, a lot of symbolism in the Bible. There's a lot of different symbols and different... So can you touch a little bit on kind of the first reference back in Genesis to uh, the serpent and the snake, and then kind of like what that means throughout the entire Bible whenever we see a serpent or a snake?
1: Yeah, in Genesis chapter 3, we have the uh, serpent who appeared to Adam and Eve, especially to Eve originally, and we know that that serpent was Satan or was at least possessed by Satan and thereby symbolizes Satan. So whenever we see the serpent appear in scriptures, like in this passage here with the python spirit, then we know that there's an allusion to Satan or the demons. And this is a classic example. Um, and so a lot of the passages that we'll look at have an allusion to serpents. So anytime we hear snake, see
0: snake, see serpent, see anything that slithers on the ground, that is Satan or a demon. Most of
1: the time.
0: Most of the time. Put that in the back of your head and just kind of remember that as we read this next verse. Um, So we're going to the book of Mark, New King James Version, chapter 16, verses 14 through 18. And it says, Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him After he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover.
1: So there's a couple of uh, keys in this passage as well. First, Jesus told the disciples to go uh, and preach the gospel to every creature, every creature. Now, he doesn't mean dogs and cats. He means angelic beings, just like Paul was preaching indirectly to the spirit, uh, the python spirit. So he wanted, Jesus wanted us to preach the gospel to every creature. Then, later on in that passage, he says, they will take up serpents, or they will pick up serpents. And that is an allusion to when Moses and Aaron had their staffs, and they threw their staffs onto the ground and they became serpents, And then God told them, pick them up, and then they went and picked them up. Now that is a very symbolic act, because that ties in with the passage in Isaiah that says that the young child will reach into the hole of the viper and then pull the viper out. There's other passages also that refer to serpents and interactions with human beings. Um, So when we have uh, Jesus saying they will take up serpents, it literally means you will pick up serpents, you will help serpents out, you will be kind to the serpents, and that is a radical interpretation.
0: Very. So this is kind of one of those verses to where there's a lot packed into it, like all these verses I'm referring to, and you know, tying it back to the... Uh, demon possessed girl to where they're there they're listening and they know more of the truth than some christian believers know which is kind of crazy to admit so
1: they've been around a long time
0: they've been around they've seen a lot they've experienced a lot and they're just waiting to hear the right
1: message so the question uh that we should ask at this point in time is So if they've been around for all these thousands of years, and they've witnessed history as they have, and they've been actually a part of history, then why don't they understand the gospel would include them, as the python spirit alluded to, is the way of salvation for them too. Why don't they understand that? And the reason they don't understand that, as we're going to get into here in a few minutes, is that the church is supposed to teach them and the church doesn't believe it itself so if the church who is supposed to be their teacher doesn't believe that the angels and demons are a part of the plan of salvation then the demons themselves are not going to believe it cuz nobody's teaching them so for every student there has to be a teacher exactly so we
0: are the teacher we are the teachers for the demons, the angels, non-believers, Christians, and we really need to
1: take our role serious. And, the, and that all begins with the hidden manna, which is the hidden secrets that Paul was alluding to that is in the Bible, and some of it is very clear, like we're gonna talk about here in Ephesians chapter one and Ephesians chapter three, very clear that the angels and demons are included as a part of the plan of salvation. So the first verse that we're
0: going to, that Hal referenced is uh, Ephesians 1, 9 through 10, New King James Version, and it says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ." both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him.
1: So the two things here, again, is that there is a fullness of time that Christ is waiting for in order to make these things happen, in order to reveal these secrets. And we are in what they call uh, the sixth millennium. There's seven millenniums in god's plan actually eight but the seventh millennium is the sabbath millennium just like sunday for us or the seventh day is the sabbath and um the plan that god has put out there and the jews know this they call it the sabbath millennium too and the ancient christians believed that there were seven millenniums in which god was going to be working and on the seventh millennium would be the rest sabbath the the day of rest or the millennium of rest and so this is the fullness of times we're there right now so this might be why we're understanding these things now as opposed to you know a thousand years ago the other thing is that um This revelation is that Christ might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. So in this proclamation of the gospel is included everything in heaven, and that means in the heavenlies. And since Satan is the prince of the power of the air, he is in the heavenlies. So he's included in this passage as we're going to discover uh, even more in the next passage.
0: So one of the things I want to touch on is to where, you know, in this verse where it talks about he might gather together and one all things in Christ. I think it's very important to touch on and talk about is to where there's so many different interpretations, so many different Christian religions, different forms of Muslim different forms of Hinduism, but it's really important to where we unify as one church, unify as one collective belief that we all come together and stop fighting against each other and stop Well, saying this person's doing it wrong. This person's doing it wrong. I think there's so many beliefs out there that touch on and believe the right things.
1: They just word it differently. Right. In a lot of ways, that's true. Um, and that, then, that could be very heretical in the ears of other people. Um, we believe that God does have a plan, and that He is bringing all people together, and that we're all going to be uh, in, we're all going to be unified in Christ. So Christ is going to be the way that we are unified. So there may be a way, and we don't know it yet. There may be a way in which the Hindus will be shown Christ, and the Muslims will be shown the truth of Christ. They believe in Christ. The Hindus believe in Christ. They just don't believe that he is the Son of God and that he is the way for our salvation. Uh, they respect him, um, and they 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 read the scriptures, a lot of them, uh, but they don't necessarily understand the truth. Well, we're going to be talking about things that even... A, evangelical or the Catholic, uh, the Episcopalian Church does not understand. So we're going to show how God may be working through all these different movements to bring us all together so that we are summed up or united in Christ.
0: Because with the Muslims and the Hindus, they believe in Christ, but they look at him more as a prophet than they do refer to him as... manifestation of God.
1: Yes. Uh, The Hindus might say that Christ is a manifestation of God, but the Muslims would say that he's a prophet. And um, that's just, we don't need to get into those fine details. Uh, Hopefully we will eventually, but we're still working on how is that going to happen? How are we going to be able to explain the gospel And this might be part of it where we're actually explaining it to the angels and that way maybe the demons who are misleading other people will be converted like this python spirit was um, and they will understand and that way they will stop misleading the world.
0: Because one of the things that we always talk about is to where, you know, even with Mormonism, which is a very confusing religion to many Christians... They have some truths in their religion, too. Yes. And I think it's one of those things to where Catholics have some truths, the evangelicals have some truths. So we all believe a common core, not in the educational sense, but a common core of beliefs that Jesus Christ is our Lord and you got to be baptized in the Spirit to be
1: saved. It's just that we all call it a different thing. Yeah, there's a lot of terminology, and um, when we look at the different theologies that are out there, you know, who's right? Are the Catholics right? Are the Lutherans right? Are the Episcopalians right? Are the Presbyterians right? They've all got strong elements of the truth, but they're all in error in some way because they don't all agree. So if we were to say, well, let's take the best of every denomination or every even religion and see if we can fit them together, we might see that Christ really does have a big plan for the seventh millennium.
0: Well, and I think it really comes down to where we need to stop looking at it as who is right and really look at it like a Baskin-Robbins ice cream, right? To where it's all ice cream. It all tastes good. There is a little bit of nuts in there and stuff every now and then, but you know, it the common boil-down point is to where it's still ice cream. It's still religion. It still comes to where Christ is at the center. And I think too often people get so defensive of their beliefs that they have to be right because we have this whole thing in society to where there's no trophy for second place. you got to be first place. you got to be the best. And there can only be one.
1: Yeah, um, there can only be one, right? Oh. That was a movie, right?
0: Yeah, it was a movie reference, sorry. <laughs> um,
1: so, no, I think that they're, that we are all coming together. That uh, For example, the Internet is a tremendous tool for us to in, interact and dialogue about the different ideas that we all have. And I've learned a lot through going on uh, different websites or reading other people's ideas and being able to kind of put them into my own Um, understanding of the Word of God. And I have to emphasize, I base everything on the Word of God. It's not anybody else's words that I put up there equal to the Bible. So, And the Internet
0: is truth, right? There's nothing wrong on the Internet? Yeah, right. (laughs) And you know, it's kind of fun to where I don't want to go down too much of a side road here, but I mean, just... I challenge the listeners right now. Go on to Google... And just Google the meaning of 666. I think that's a great example of the power of the internet to see what discussions are out there on that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, it's the monster energy drink, right? Exactly. It's the mark of the beast. So let's get back on track here. And uh, we have another great Bible verse out of Ephesians. It's uh, chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. Common English Bible translation. And it says... God gave his grace to me, the least of all God's people, to preach the good news about the immeasurable riches of Christ to the Gentiles. God sent me to reveal the secret plan that had been hidden since the beginning of time by God, who created everything. God's purpose is now to show the rulers and powers in the heavens the many different varieties of his wisdom through the church. This was consistent with the plan he had from the beginning of time that he accomplished through Christ Jesus our Lord. So how that is a packed verse. Please, please, please unwrap that gift and that beautiful present that we just got out of the Bible.
1: As you were reading it, I saw something uh, kind of following up on what we just were talking about. It says that there are many different varieties of his wisdom. And so I think that The illusion is there are many different denominations. They all have their own wisdom, so there are many different varieties. Um, But what Paul is talking about is that there is a secret plan that had been hidden since the beginning of time by God. So we know there's a secret plan because Paul tells us point blank that's what there has been set up. And then that God's purpose, I'm quoting, God's purpose is now to show the rulers and powers in the heavens, the many different varieties of his wisdom, through the church. So we are the source for the rulers and powers in the heavens to be shown these many varieties of God's wisdom. And that's part of the secret plan. So why is it that our Sunday school teachers don't teach us about this secret plan? Why is it that our pastors don't teach us about this secret plan? Why is it when I spent years in seminary, I didn't learn about this secret plan? It was all just kind of the basic gospel. There is something that is very secret. It's the hidden manna that we're talking about right here that is supposed to be preached to the rulers and powers in the heavens. And the rulers and powers in the heavens are Satan and the demons. Now you have to ask, why is he teaching the rulers and powers in the heavens? Why?
0: I think that's a great question. And I think it's one of those very important things to where you can't answer that over a cup of coffee. That is a religious journey that takes a lifetime that we don't even know the answer to. But what we do know is that we are supposed to be ministering to the angels and the demons and that this secret plan is going to be delivered through the church. Exactly. Through the church. Exactly. Can I say it one more time? Through the church. Amen, brother. So it's one of those things to where stop sitting on your lazy boy, waiting for the second coming of Christ. And really start reading your Bible and really start connecting these dots and start seeing what the hidden message and the hidden plan that God has for us. And it's so amazing, you know, just we've read this verse a few times in preparation for this podcast. And Hal happened to see another nugget in there about the many different varieties. You can use the many different denominations the many different languages of his wisdom. There's so many different words that you can plug in for varieties that really speaks to what we're looking at here, to where there is a secret and there has to be a decoder ring. There has to be a way to decode this and to basically unfold this origami into a bigger message. And that's what we're after is we're having this discussion to see what we can do, right, Hal?
1: Absolutely. And uh, the decoder ring is really the Bible itself. The Bible is self-referential. When it says something like about the serpent in Genesis chapter 3, that is a first mention of a serpent. And from that point on, according to basic biblical interpretive methods, whenever you have a first mention of something, that symbol goes throughout the entire Bible. And so whenever we read about things like python spirits or serpents uh, that need to be picked up or what have you, there is a allusion all the way back to Genesis 3 to the original serpent. And that is something that, you know, we are really keyed into and are trying to uh, follow the pattern, so to speak.
0: And I know we keep talking about, you know, ministering to the demons, ministering to the angels, and I know that it is not communicated in a traditional modern day church that we're supposed to be ministering and translating the Bible for the demons and the angels. So this verse here in Colossians 1.20 in the uh, CEB, it really talks to that point to where, and he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether things on earth or in the heavens, he brought peace through the blood of his cross.
1: And there it is. The things on earth or in the heavens, he brought peace through the blood of his cross. Now you were saying about how the angels, uh, how we are ministering to the angels. And that is alluded to in First Peter chapter 1, verse 12, where it says that the angels long to look into these things. What that means is the angels don't understand it. They don't get it. And so in that same passage, it says that the prophets were the ones who were supposed to be explaining these things to the angels. And so I want to have the reader look that up and see for themselves that the angels long to look into these things. This is important to them. They don't understand it. And that is an important point that we want to emphasize. The angels do not get it. For some reason, we human beings are the instrument by which they are being taught.
0: So how can I stop you for a minute here? So if the Bible is the decoder ring for the believers and the Christians, are the Christians the decoder ring for the angels and demons?
1: Yeah, in a real way we are. Yeah.
0: So we are the translation, we are the Rosetta Stone of
1: salvation for the angels and demons. That's a great example, the Rosetta Stone, because uh, if we are the Rosetta Stone, we're the way by which they understand, because people who know what the Rosetta Stone was, it was a, um, a stele, a stone that was carved with three different languages. It had Egyptian hieroglyphics, and it had Greek, and um, I, I can't remember what the third one, maybe Babylonian, but it had all three languages and it had the same story written in all three languages. And when it was found, then they were able to translate the Egyptian hieroglyphics, which were always a mystery before that. And so that was just fairly recently in the 1800s that, uh, um, that the uh, Rosetta Stone was found. And so uh, that's kind of an iconic symbol. And in a sense, we are the way which the gospel is translated. I think it has to do with our creativity as human beings, that God has made us creative creatures because he is creative and we are created in his image. And I think that the angels kind of lost their creativity when Satan fell. Because Satan was the Adam for all the angels because he was their high priest to begin with. And so when he fell, all the angels fell, just like when Adam fell, all of humanity fell.
0: So we got one more verse to read, and then we're going to wrap this up. And it says, sorry, I wanted to jump into it before I even had a chance to tell you where it was in the Bible. This is one of those verses that really excites Hal and I because there's so much symbolism, there's so much knowledge and so many mysteries packed into it that we love these kind of verses that are like the hidden manna of the bible so it comes out of the common english bible it's luke 10 17 through 20 and it starts off like this the 72 returned joyously saying lord even the demons submit themselves to us in your name jesus replied i saw satan fall from heaven like lightning look I have given you authority to crush snakes and scorpions underfoot. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice because the spirits submit to you. Rejoice instead that your names are written in heaven. Wow.
1: Yeah, well, one of the aspects of that verse, is Jesus says that even, or the disciples said to Jesus, even the demons submit to themselves to us so for some reason human beings are in authority over the demons who are angels there is no difference between a demon and an angelic being they are the same kind of creature and if if you follow us uh, for very long you're going to find out that angels and demons are really human beings um, which we'll get into later on but the demons submit themselves to us in Christ's name. Uh, and then Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He didn't see that happen, you know, at the fall of Satan. He saw this as a result of the preaching of the 72 disciples who were going out around Israel preaching. And this was really a future vision Jesus saw this as a future vision when the church finally understands and explains the gospel to the spirits the demons and so when the demons understand the gospel then they are going to leave the kingdom of satan and satan's kingdom is going to fall so that's what Jesus is really alluding to is the actual fall of satan from his powerful uh, seat in the heavenlies. And so Jesus was looking forward, you know, 2000 years in the future when Satan's actually going to fall. And, uh, we believe that that's going to happen because this is the sixth millennium and the seventh, seventh millennium is the Sabbath millennium, the millennium in which the church will achieve her goal and the kingdom of God will be realized.
0: So it's just so amazing to me to where all of these verses sit in plain sight. Yes, absolutely. All of these verses, all of these books, I mean, Ephesians, great book in the Bible that many pastors just love and just so many great nuggets in there. Same with Acts, same with Colossians. And yet they're sitting right there. And yet we kind of put spiritual blinders on when we read through these kind of verses because it doesn't make sense. So I'm going to just ignore it and I'm jump over it to the next chapter.
1: Yeah, and that's because I think there are certain verses that seem to contradict uh, these passages like um, uh, Hebrews 2.16, which we'll go into later. But that's because people um, misunderstand the actual meaning of these passages and when we explain them uh then people will go oh i get it now for example the lake of fire everybody says oh satan can't be saved because he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire in the future when we explain what the lake of fire is you will get it it isn't what you think
0: a little hint it is not a destructive destroying
1: deafening fire Exactly, because the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. That's all I'm going to say. I thought you were going to break out in song there for a second. Nope. Um,
0: so, you know, it's kind of one of those little side notes for me to where as Christians, we're put on this high pedestal to where we're supposed to be, these amazing never cuss, never drink, never get out of line kind of superhumans. And I really love looking at Acts 16 to where Paul, the amazing Paul, got frustrated. Yes. And I think that's so beautiful for all of us to really realize to where, yeah, we're talking about some seriously spiritual heavy stuff here. But take the small little bits out. Like this great disciple of Christ got frustrated. And if you look in Luke 10, it says, hey, Don't rejoice because the Spirit submitted to you. So I love these little nuggets in here that are always keeping us in check and balance to where it's like, hey, you can get frustrated. You can not always be perfect. Like so many people think that Christians have to just always be on point. And you look on Luke 10 here where it's like, don't rejoice because the Spirit submits to you. Rejoice instead that your names are written in heaven. And I just love that little nugget there to where it's like, always give the glory back to Christ. We might not be perfect, but always give
1: the glory back upward toward heaven. Good point, because uh, really our ministry is meant to glorify Christ. Even though we talk about other religions and how they all have elements of the truth in them, really without Christ, none of this is going to work. So we center everything around Christ and the Bible. So that's why we believe that these passages are so important, why we read them aloud as we discuss them, so that people who are listening to the podcast can understand what it is that we're talking about from the Bible.
0: And we always give the Bible verses so you can reference back to them later. And I know a lot of people listen to podcasts driving down the road, so don't try to write down the Bible verses as you're driving because... I'd hate to have a 10-car pile up on the five because of us. But, you know, it's really important what Hal just spoke to to where our three main points of what we're doing is it's Christ-centered, it's Bible-driven, and it's backed by 10 tons of prayer. And we really put a lot of emphasis on those three things to where Christ is the head, Bible is basically our decoder ring that shows us all of the information and knowledge, and we just pray about it. We marinate on it and we pray, and we really pray it into fruition, into being.
1: Yeah, Einstein once said that um, he in, he imagines something to be like E equals MC squared, and then he tries to prove it. And a lot of this has kind of come up that way, you know, where a passage might indicate that, for example, Satan can be saved, and you go, "Whoa, wait a minute." And then you start, your eyes become open to these other passages and they start to make sense together. And as we uh, deal with some of these other mysterious passages like Hebrews 2.16 or the Lake of Fire, um, we're going to get into a lot of fun stuff.
0: And that's kind of the biggest thing for us to where, you know, we just want to have the discussion. We want to explore. We want to see what we can get out of the Bible and really see what what this Bible has for us that is this secret message, this secret hidden manna. And, you know, it's really important for us with the hidden manna to where the Bible is our food, the Bible is our fuel, and there's many theologians that have kind of drifted away from the Bible and the importance of it. And our hope and prayer is that, you know, by uncovering these mysteries, we kind of reinvigorate and we bring the Bible back to this forefront to where it's just not a booster seat for a kid trying to reach the dinner table. That there's a lot more in it that we have yet to discover. And I think Hal and I will be the first ones to admit we haven't even seen it all. And we don't think we ever will see it all. And we create these
1: foundations for future generations to build upon. Yeah, because it's the church that is supposed to be teaching the heavenly rulers and to bring them to their realization that they can be saved, just like the python spirit in Acts chapter 16 was beginning to discover. And that's why that particular demon was... Uh, very interested in the subject because First Peter one twelve tells us they long to look into these things so that is what we want to help them do so
0: we really have done the mike tyson punch out of biblical spiritual um exploration today i mean we have just really kind of we went face-first into it and really kind of dove into it and see what we can do with this, right? And, you know, what's the take-home message for the listener? What is? What should they marinate on tonight? What should they pray about from this to really kind of start deepening their understanding of the Bible and
1: what their belief is? Well, I think the thing for the average believer, uh, because we are average believers, but God has spoken to us to show us some other things. But the average believer must realize that what they've been taught is what they call a paradigm, which is a mindset. So if you're a Catholic, for example, you believe Catholic doctrines, or if you're a Lutheran, you believe Lutheran doctrines. and Those doctrines may not be correct in every aspect. They're basically correct. But there may be things that the church, uh, the Catholic church, the Lutheran church, the Presbyterian church, whatever, has not quite understood correctly. And so people need to be open-minded to hear different versions, even of the Bible. That's why we use different versions of the Bible all the time. Uh, because one will interpret it one way and one will interpret it another way, just like Acts chapter 16. And so if you do that, then you begin to see, okay, there is a pattern. There is a, there is a direction that God wants us to go. And we hope that as we explain things, that that'll make you think outside of your own paradigm um, and really begin to understand the Bible on a new level. Because there is a different level than just your basic fundamentalist um, uh, scriptural understanding.
0: And it really comes down to where like so many church doctrines today are so watered down and just so uninteresting for new believers, current believers. And I, I really feel like we can reinvigorate the church by kind of questioning the answer. And really kind of dig into the Bible and really get back into I mean we've we've had seven verses today, and I think we referenced another twenty through the discussion that we didn't have in our notes and it's really important for us to where it's all right there. it's just we need to start the discussion, have the questions and see where it goes and just have the discussion and share us. I mean we want the listeners to share their questions, share their confusions, and really kind of have it be a safe place to
1: explore these mysteries and these unknowns, right, Hal? Exactly. And we know that there's gonna be violent opposition, you know, we know that people are gonna say, Whoa, that is heretical. That's fine. Bring it on. We'll we'll answer your questions. We'll try to overcome your objections and show you uh, how we understand it, and maybe that'll make sense, and maybe we'll have some fun.
0: And it really comes down to we're we're all believers, and I think if we just meet at the table in respect to where we're not going to shove our belief down your throat, you chose to listen to the podcast and chose to listen through it, but we really hope and pray that, you know, just get something out of it, and if anything, it either leaves you screaming and throwing a tantrum over how heretical and stupid we are for saying some of the things we've said, but you know, we at least had the discussion, right?
1: Yeah, and I want to assure the uh, listener that this is not just a seven-verse theology. This this is hundreds and hundreds of pages of theology that has been analyzed and scrutinized and um, there's symbols that go so deep. It's just awesome to see how how they go. Just like the serpent um, is a symbol that, that appears all throughout scripture and things like that. So we'll get into those over the weeks and months ahead.
0: So in closing, everybody, we just really thank you so much for listening to our Hidden Mana podcast. And we really look forward to Exploring a future podcast to you. And just kind of some of the topics we're looking at discussing down the road are what is the lake of fire and what does it mean? And how does that reference to some pigs getting demon possessed and jumping into the sea? It might admit meant that they got baptized. I don't know. I just throw things out there and let them marinate. And, you know, really discussing of... There's a lot of cloud reference in the Bible too, that we want to discuss and kind of look into and really tie it into what we're talking about today. So, like Hal said, we're not a dot-com startup of the early 2000s that's going to crash overnight. We are very biblically based. We're very driven to have Scripture and to really use the Word of God and to glorify God with what we're doing. So. Please, please, please hang on for the magical carpet ride that we're going to go on. And we really hope and pray that everybody can get something out of it. And we just pray for blessings upon everybody out there as you go through your daily walk with Christ. And look for the hidden manna in daily life. So God bless and take care and have a wonderful day. So, that is it for our first podcast. It is in the books. It is done. And I hope that it gave you a great introduction into what we're hoping to accomplish with these podcasts. And that really is just giving you the tools, the information, and the knowledge to go out there and make your own choices, your own decisions of what you believe. We are not the end all, we are just the beginning. So, go out there and look for the hidden message within the Bible. Any questions, concerns, or comments, we're very open to civil debates and conversation. Email us at at gmail.com And if you're looking for us on Facebook, you can also find us under the same name, Hidden Mana Podcast. And also, there'll be a book coming up this year to where you can dive even deeper into what it is that we're trying to discover. Ben Grimm. Al Jordan, signing off. Mm -hmm.